This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. Tom Wilson begins a seven-game suspension. The Capitals battle back to win in Philadelphia on Sunday night. And what in the name of Pat LaFontaine is going on in Buffalo? Today is Monday, March 8th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. I am John Walton. That is Ben Raby. This was a rather eventful weekend. See, we start the show last week, and you go into the weekend, and Friday night, Tom Wilson hits Brandon Carlo in the first period, and everything is all abuzz about what's going to happen with Tom. We find out on Saturday night that he's going to be suspended for seven games, and the Capitals overcome the adversity, and they end up winning Ben anyway in Philadelphia, which was quite a capper, I thought, to the road trip. I think it says something about the team itself and the character and the veterans on that team as far as, to your point, an unorthodox weekend as far as the flow. Clunker on Friday night certainly didn't show themselves well, Tom Wilson hit or not, uh, to fall apart as they did in the second period. And then to have had this hovering over the weekend, how long would Tom Wilson be out? How would they rebound from his absence? How would they adjust without him? How would they wrap up a lengthy road trip? Five games and nine nights, given all the restrictions they deal with on the road. A lot was maybe not set up for them to have a strong effort tonight in Philadelphia, last night in Philadelphia. And then on top of it, the lackluster first period. But for the Capitals to have bounced back in the second and third periods in Philadelphia and built that lead and held on to the lead. And it was a good character win. They checked a lot of boxes, a very strong response. And to cap off a five-game road trip with a four-in-one record, if you had said that over a week ago, they all would have signed up for it a very encouraging way, too, as far as how they bounced back to now come back home tomorrow with some momentum. So here's what we know about Tom Wilson. We know that he will be out for seven games. One of them served, six more to come. He will be back for the Rangers game on March 20th. We know that he won't appeal the suspension either between himself, the NHLPA, his representation, his agent, they said after reviewing everything that they decided they weren't going to appeal and they were just going to accept the punishment and move on. Say what you will about the punishment. Honestly, I feel like it was too long. There were people who don't think it was long enough. I think it's a matter of perspective. But Ben, in any case, they have holes to fill. And that hole was filled by Daniel Sprong, at least in terms of manpower. And it was filled by Uh, The defense, as it turned out, because it was Dmitry Orlov scoring and it was Nick Jensen scoring. And it really felt like the team bonded together after what was a pretty subpar start to the first, say, 10 or 15 minutes. I thought it was one of their better wins of the season. I really did. Yeah, and a lot of depth on the team. It's been among the storylines this season. This is the latest piece of, if you want to call it adversity, that they're having to deal with as far as having to adjust the lineup and missing key personnel I think if you now look at the top six, I'm doing this at the top of my head, John, but I'm almost certain. Well, Wilson missed time earlier this year as well for a couple of games due to injury, but Backstrom is the only member of the top six that's been there uh, consistently every game throughout the season. So they've been dealt this earlier this year as far as key cogs being out and other players having to step up, maybe seeing increased minutes, maybe moving up the depth chart, whether that was a Connor Sherry or a Daniel Sprong going from healthy scratch into the lineup. So we've seen them adjust and shuffle before, and at least maybe that's something they could lean on, that experience from earlier in the year. It's not a recipe for long-term success, but here now with another six games to go with Tom Wilson, obviously you welcome him back on March 20th, but they've shown a knack where they are able 
throughout the lineup to adjust accordingly. And not only did you have Daniel Sprung back in the lineup, for example, John, but it also resulted in a reunion on a top line of Ovechkin, Backstrom, and Oshie, and a trio that showed themselves well. Oshie had a terrific primary assist on the Alex Ovechkin goal. So, yes, you get goals from Orlov and Jensen, maybe that you weren't counting on or necessarily expecting, but the headliners and some of the key guys as well also elevating their play when that was needed in a game like this also. I'm going to let people in on a little bit of inside baseball here as far as game preparation for a broadcaster. And when the time that Nick Jensen was acquired from Detroit, I made note the day that he was acquired that he had not scored a goal and it was somewhere in the 50s or it might have been 60. I don't think it was even 60 games yet uh, that he had not scored a goal for Detroit at the time the Capitals acquired him at the 2019 trade deadline. In every single game, 109 games throughout when he was here, when he played here, whenever I have made the adjustment in my note every single game because I wanted to make sure, especially once he got over 100 games, I wanted to make sure that I noted the fact that it had been a really long time between drinks for the guy that wears number three. I did not think it was going to get until the 7th of March before it happened, but there it was in front of me, the note that I had been carrying game to game to game since 2019 was sitting right in front of me, 165 games pass. And Nick Jensen, despite lack of trying, or or certainly not because of lack of trying, uh, ends up getting the goal finally in the third period and a beauty at that, Ben, that they needed uh, to be able to put the game away against Philadelphia. I was so happy for Nick Jensen to see him score the goal the way that he did. And now I'm going to have to come up with another note for him because I've had it sitting there for almost two years. Well, for Nick Jensen, too, to your point, a big goal at a big time. And it wasn't a cheapie. That was a great snipe he had joining the rush and from uh, from inside the blue line there to wire up past Carter Hart as he did. It was a great goal. And, yes, a long time coming. But it had certainly been trending in this direction. You and Ken have been noting on the broadcast for weeks and Joe and Locker as well on the TV side that he has been confident, he has been activating, he has been joining the rush, transporting the puck, setting up his teammates. It looks like a much different Nick Jensen this year, and there are circumstances that maybe have contributed to that, a favorable system that Peter Laviolette has brought, encouraging the D to use their wheels, which is Nick Jensen's asset. Uh, It's worked out very well partnering with Zdeno Chara. Maybe the minutes, the situations he's being used in are more favorable. So all that, you add it all up. It's a more confident player, And tonight, finally, cashing in with that long-awaited, that elusive first goal in a Capitals uniform. Well-earned, well-deserved from Nick Jensen, and here's hoping it's not another 165 games until he does it again. Yeah, it was really fun to hear him talking about it. You could hear the smile in his post-game interview last night. Uh, Really good stuff for Nick Jensen. And here's a crazy thing about Dmitry Orlov when it comes to the Philadelphia Flyers. Dmitry, let's be honest, he doesn't score a lot of goals. But whenever he does... He seems to score him against the Philadelphia Flyers. His six goals of his, in his career now have come at the expense of the Flyers, far and away more than he scored against any team. And a big goal for him last night, Ben, because it was the game-winning goal after Alex Ovechkin had gotten the game tied. So in a game where you're missing a guy like Tom Wilson, to be able to have, okay, who's going to step up? You're looking at a guy like maybe like Daniel Sprong. You're looking at, hey, maybe the top six, as we've noted, if Genny Kuznetsov needs to pick it up a little bit too. And we can talk about that before we move on to NHL notes this morning. But to see those guys pick it up and help out and say, listen, it comes from the D. It comes from somebody. The Capitals won a Stanley Cup that way in 2018, where it was a different guy every night. 
and I'm not saying that's what this is right now, but to be able to see in the face of adversity, say, all right, you know what? Somebody's got to do it. It might as well be me, Nick Jensen. Yeah. But it'll get lost a little bit because of the bigness of Jensen's goal. It had been so long, but good on Dimitri Orlov for doing the same thing. Yeah. And a heads up play as well. Activating. It was an offensive zone faceoff that Kuznetsov actually won. He didn't get an assist on the play Kuznetsov because enough things had developed after he had won the draw, but Heads up on Orlov to find a little opening and pinching in down low, maybe situational awareness. There was only about 15 seconds remaining in the period as well. And a big goal just in terms of the timing too. How often this season and in seasons past have we discussed and acknowledged and referenced maybe late goals given up by the Capitals? A big difference going into that second intermission, up a goal, up to one, as opposed to going in tied through 40 minutes the capitals were starting to tilt the ice in their favor in the second period and a nice exclamation mark provided by Dmitry orlov and a nice feed as well from john carlson to make that goal possible so coming up big at a, at a big time for Dmitry orlov in what again stood as the eventual game winner so encouraging in that regard and to your point about the goals coming from different sources the capitals now up to a league high 20 different players including jensen now 20 different capitals players have scored a goal this season the most in the NHL now uh, through all of Sunday's games. So we live in a town where the Friday night news dump is a very big thing. And as we do this show Monday through Friday, we didn't have a chance because this happened Friday afternoon. The Buffalo Sabres and my former classmate at Miami University, their general manager, Kevin Adams, met with the media about the Sabres and their, well, lack of wins. Let's call it that. And Mike Harrington of the Buffalo News, it might have been the most scathing question I have ever heard in my entire career directed toward an NHL GM. We have that audio. Let's, if you have, do you have it handy? We have it right here. It's as if he's calling WGR radio, only he's not. WGR 550, hello. Yes. Uh, like let's, let's hear, have a listen to this. Now, this again, Friday afternoon, Mike Harrington talking to Buffalo Sabres general manager, Kevin Adams. Hello, Kevin. I'll follow along in that statement. Uh, you know, this team is in a serious crisis, and frankly, he's playing disgraceful hockey like it doesn't even give a damn anymore. Yet through multiple requests by multiple outlets, it took today till today for you to speak. So just first of all, understanding you're a first-time GM learning the landscape, I would hope you'd be a little more responsive in the future to the media and thus the fans when you're requested to speak on behalf of the organization. Now that I have it off my chest, my question is this. This franchise has won seven of its last 28 games under Ralph. They're last in the league this year. Virtually every player on your roster is underachieving to career low levels, and a lot of that can be placed at their feet. But you know how this sport works. We've seen it in recent days in Montreal and Calgary. Under what reasoning has there not yet been a coaching change for your 31st place club? And do you, in fact, have the authority to even do that, given management's owners ownerships management structure and financial situation so mike i'll uh so there was probably five questions there so i'll, I'll do my best there he was i listen I, I mean there is so much to unpack in that particular statement and by the way to update you as of this morning it's not seven of 28 it is seven of 30 because the sabers have lost two games since then including yesterday to the islanders we'll get to the scoreboard in a moment but are you kidding me first of all 
he's talking with him like he is a six-year-old who just did wrong and his father is correcting him. He's like, I know you're a first-year general manager. And then goes on to talk about the, the record. Like it was, first of all, first of all, I'm coming after you. And then I'm going to go after the team. And what exactly are you going to do about it? Because the city of Buffalo demands answers. I, I, it was poor, poor Kevin Adams. He, inher- he inherited this team. I know he went out and he gave $8 million to Taylor Hall, which everyone, by the way, lauded at the time as a good deal for one year of Taylor Hall and a proven season. This, this isn't all Kevin Adams doing. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. And, and, and listen, I mean, it, it's, I, I don't know how, and listen, I hate speculating on things and we've already even the show this were four episodes in and I think this is the second time that we have put a knife toward Ralph Kruger, but I don't understand how when you've won seven of 30 games uh, that you look at it and you say, yeah, this is uh, this is not something that's going to work at any rate Buffalo loses again, something has to change and I don't know what else you can do besides the coach. And I'm, it's certainly not all on Ralph Kruger either. It certainly isn't on Kevin Adams entirely. Uh, there were previous decisions made. I don't know if he can make a change, uh, but I mean, I say this because this is relevant and you threw me this stat, by the way, and this is relevant to Washington. So we'll bring it back full circle. The Pittsburgh Penguins haven't played Pitts or haven't played Buffalo yet. And that's a bit of an issue when you've got a team that is hemorrhaging the way that the Sabres are and the Penguins still get eight more kicks at that can. Pittsburgh got themselves back into the top four last night. Philadelphia is the team that fell out. We'll get to the standings in a moment. But Pittsburgh has a much softer schedule than most of the other teams that are buying for these four spots. So uh, for Washington's sake and maybe for the other teams that aren't named Pittsburgh, it might be nice if they picked up their socks a little bit. Pittsburgh has 32 games remaining. That's a, that's an even number 32, exactly half of which are against Buffalo and New Jersey. They have not played either of them yet. It's not a flaw in the schedule. It's due to COVID postponements from earlier in the season, but as it turns out, 32 games, exactly half eight each against Buffalo and New Jersey. And to your point, if you're the Philadelphia Flyers, it's almost like Philadelphia should trade should trade Brian Elliott to Buffalo. So Buffalo has a goaltender for those eight games against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They need something, and Philadelphia has to help themselves. They do something like that, something creative. But golly, it won't 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 help Buffalo long term. I mean, what a what a mess that is. Again, we we've we've gone over, but just even with the GM speaking on Friday. You would have thought maybe there would have been some response from the team since then. No, two games since, two five, two losses, identical scores. Yeah, when the GM talks and says what he did, and he said it's unacceptable, and then they go out and do the same thing two more times, a, a change has to be coming. And a coaching change, by the way, isn't going to fix everything. It might not fix much, but at least it shows that maybe something's moving forward. All right, so that kind of segues us nicely into the around the Mass Mutual East on Sunday. The New York Islanders have gotten fat on the Sabres, and – Thankfully, with a Washington win last night, they stay within two points of the Isles, but the Isles win five in a row now, tops in the East as they take down Buffalo. The Penguins pounded the New York Rangers, had a stretch of three goals in 61 seconds in that game, beat the Rangers five to one. And then the Devils did the rest of the top five a bit of a solid. Hanged over to the near side with 10. Pasternak fires. Marshan stopped it out in front. The pass into the middle will float back into the Bruins zone with three. Pasternak turns, wrists it all the way down, and the horn sounds. 
Scott Wedgwood pitches the shutout for the New Jersey Devils this evening here at TD Garden. He stops all 40 shots. Your final here tonight, the Devils won and the Bruins nothing. You can almost hear Judd Surratt's shoulders slumping in the middle of that call. My man Judd Surratt on 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston. one nothing. Scott Wedgwood gets the shutout in that game. So, Benny, uh, the Bruins end up losing, and they lose ground to the Penguins. They lose ground to the Capitals. They lose ground to the Islanders. This is the state of things when you're playing the division every single night. You lose one game. The, the Bruins could have, in a perfect world on Sunday for them, the Caps lose, they win, they jump up, and they're sitting potentially in second place. Instead, uh, here they are trying to stave off Philadelphia and hanging on in fourth. Man, they've lost six of nine overall and unable to build off that big win from a Bruins perspective on Friday night, the blowout win over the Capitals. And again, they're a thin blue line. We, we referenced when the Capitals were in Boston last week, but now you throw the absence of Brandon Carlo week to week with an upper body injury. He's going to miss some time and you tack on the absences of Jeremy Lozon and lower down their depth chart of uh, Kevin Miller. It's, it's a thin, thin blue line. You know, you were questioning a little bit the secondary scoring or certainly the need for more secondary scoring in Boston to complement the perfection line. I don't think offense was actually an issue in this one nothing loss last night. They did have 40 shots on goal. Scott Wedgwood pitching a, a shutout for New Jersey. But, yeah, if you're the Boston Bruins, having lost six out of nine and given the congestion in the division, can't afford to continue down that road, that's for sure. All right, so here's your updated standings before we leave you on this Monday. The New York Islanders are all alone in first place with 34 points. The Capitals, by virtue of a really gutty, gritty, if you'll pardon the expression, sorry, gritty, a victory in Philadelphia and come from behind fashion, 32 points, two off the pace. Boston actually in a tie for third, not in fourth. They're in a tie for third with Pittsburgh, but both teams with 29 points. And the Philadelphia Flyers, who the Capitals will see again later this week, coming up on Thursday and on Saturday, 27 points. You lose to the Capitals. You had the momentum. You lost it in the back half of a two-and-two, and and suddenly you're in fifth place. That's how crazy this division is, Benny. Your final comments on the division before we take off. Still looking at games in hand as well. The Bruins, we referenced, they're struggling of late. They have played 22 games. Same with the Philadelphia Flyers, 22 whereas the Penguins and Caps have played 24 each and the Islanders 25. So a lot of numbers there, but point being, Philadelphia and Boston do have a couple. They have multiple games in hand on the Pens, Caps, and Islanders. Up to them to take advantage of that, but something worth monitoring as well. The standings are tight, but games in hand could, uh, could factor in as well. Geographically, it is a home game for Washington Tuesday against the New Jersey Devils at 7 o'clock. Realistically, it's just another stop of the trip. One game home and then three more out. Two in Philly, one in Buffalo. Ben's got coverage tomorrow coming up at 4 o'clock. Network air tomorrow is at 645. That is Caps this morning. Have a great Monday, everybody. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com. Or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.